welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel, where we've been waiting 22 minutes for our guests who just ain't making it. So uh, we are going to roll into a Q&A that we are just probably just going to pull out of our hair and just have a good time with and so forth. Um, but guys, uh, seriously, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm joined by Jeffrey Sue as always, and Jason Theobald. Jeff's somewhere on vacation with a really weird looking cutoff shirt. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, we got, whoa, we got our guy. Holy shit. After I was just calling you out for being 22 minutes late. No bad deal. Oh, All right. Shit. Fuck yeah. Bill Viz is joining us guys. So let's, I, don't think <laughs> let's, I don't think his audio is on yet. Oh, his audio. You got to click that the bottom left corner, buddy. That'd be uh, awesome, if Jeff. That, it'd be awesome if you start tearing into him while he just check the bottom left. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah, there it is. All right. All yeah, right. we got you. We got you. No, Glad sorry. you made it. I had I had some fucking shit. I was I showed Jason. I was dealing with some fucking shit this morning. All good. You're here now. Uh, we are recording, so just you're on, go. Phil. <laughs> well, I'm glad we don't have to, don't have to hop on right yet. We're, we'll get our intro going. Try to fuck, um, how, fuck the thing up and just whatever. We'll get it. I, I gotta take my my screenshot of uh, the podcast. People are gonna love this one that uh, that you're on here, Phil. <laughs> I'm not that interesting. <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting topic, though. So. Oh, yeah. sure. Phil, how we normally roll this, man, since you're jumping a little bit late, we just kind of go through how our last seven days have been. So I'm going to kick it off with Jeffrey Sue and discuss his hamstring training first right out of the gate. So, go right ahead. Oh, man. Well, you know what? Training's been, been going well, but, you know, I'm on vacation this week down in Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. So I've only trained twice this week, but I did hit hamstrings yesterday. I can, I can stiff like deadlift 335 now for – consistent amount of sets and reps with good form. So that's good. Um, you know, as many people know, I'm in the process of buying a house right now. It's very stressful as a first time home buyer. Um, got a lot going on this fall, got a lot of clients on the wait list for September. Um, so just trying to juggle it all. So, you know, I'm lucky to have a little time away, but heading back to Massachusetts on Thursday and, uh, ready to just get my hands dirty and, and dive in. So that's the update. Yeah. for me. Definitely. Nice. Well, I have a question. Yeah. Is it the house of your dreams, though? I would say so, because I've always wanted, like, a 1950s, 1980s ranch, two-car garage, so I can build a home gym in it. It's in a really good neighborhood, really good town, Westboro, Massachusetts. The property taxes are out of the fucking stratosphere, but it's a good town. Um, Yeah, so I would say it's a dream home. I just want to make it all happen in the next couple weeks. We're going to aim to close by October 1st. Nice, man. Yeah, yes, man. I hope it goes well for you. Yeah, for sure. Jason Gramps, how are you today, man? I'm having a good day, man. Um, but uh, the, the listeners probably know because you told them last week I had that vasectomy, and I'm still a little achy, man. I, don't, I, I think you healed a little quicker. I don't know, I, I don't know if I knocked that thing on my leg my or, balls. Or what, <laughs> my left one, man, it's just still it's still achy, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I've only trained like light a few times, real light. Um, it's because like it'll be achy, and I'll take a day off. I don't know. Hopefully everything's going to work out there, but uh, everything else like business going well. Um, I'm getting really settled into my new house. Um, so everything's good. I don't, I don't have any complaints. Well, badass. Well, my last seven days have been not bad. Um, we've been doing a lot of stuff with the PEC. So we got the PEC old videos that everyone can buy. We have the PEC tickets that everyone can buy, which we've only got, I think 23 more seats left. What Thera said or something like that. 
Um, otherwise, I'm kind of in a pivot of what I'm going to do with the gym or uh, as far as growth goes, like how I get to nut gym number two. So I've picked, uh, scheduled like a few meetings with other gym owners throughout the U.S. that I know to kind of pick their brain to see what they're doing as far as how, you know, how they scale to like gyms number yep. two, three, four. Yep. <clears throat> and then the other thing, I actually go Thursday for a ketamine treatment consultation. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited. I listened to a couple podcasts and then took about maybe about a two-hour deep dive into ketamine and how it hits the MDMA receptor and how it's uh, over 60% um, effective after a couple of treatments of removing PTDSD symptoms and so forth. But this one, you have like a counselor there and they like guide you through it. So you're able to disassociate from the trauma without feeling it so you can reprogram your brain so it isn't always on edge and doesn't fire. So I'm really excited to kind of go through that. Do you know what needs to be focused on? Like, is it? It's all stemming through my childhood and my mother and my interactions yeah. with all like the surgeries I had to endure. Okay. It's like all in this like six year gap. So not the injury itself. You kind of moved mm -hmm. on from that. It's the other bullshit. Yeah. It's like the stuff like, you know, like, um, for example, like having to like figure out how to crawl across my house on a full body cast to like get on a toilet because my mom won't help me stuff like that you know what i mean when you're nine yeah. years old it's weird so um yeah, kind of work that stuff. i hope it helps dude i hope it helps yeah i'm that's pretty actually, excited uh, that's actually pretty interesting about the uh, ketamine treatment because uh ketamine's kind of uh, up and coming as far as research um regarding anti-depression anxiety mm -hmm. uh restoring uh, issues related to ptsd and it's actually even shown to repair uh, synapse connections in the brain that have yeah. been damaged uh throughout yeah. the years um, I actually um, spoke about uh, using ketamine, I think it was 2015 on Geared Up, as far as anti-anxiety and depression and everything. And, you know, a lot of people jumped in and gave me shit because it's typically known as a party drug. And, you know, everybody fought with me, called me a drug addict, as I said, I microdosed it and, you know, gave me a lot of shit on it. And, you know, sure enough, a year later, Johnson & Johnson developing a nasal spray. It's going into FDA approval. You can get infusions in New York City. And, you know, I didn't really get an apology from anybody who gave me shit. You know? I think, I think uh, Jeff, aren't you doing infusions? Me? I don't know. No, Black. No, I didn't. I don't know what the treatment is. I've been, oh, Phil, know. I'm like you, dude. I've been microdosing LSD since 2017. And Jason will tell you I've been called a heretic for it. So well, you know what actually, now you know all what the actually, research coming out. What I actually recently did is I actually cut it out in the last year because I just, I don't know. I have this mental thing where I don't want to be reliant on anything, mm -hmm. you know? So if I, if I ever feel like I need something, I cut it out. Yeah. So honestly, it's been difficult dealing with my, and I've actually had to cut back on stimulant use, stimulant use because stimulants actually, um, you know, they can set off anxiety and oh, I've always got it. I've always got anxiety. So now I've just been trying to figure out new natural ways of dealing with anxiety whenever it hits me because I don't have the ketamine to help with it, you know, yeah. and it's, it's been difficult, you know, sometimes anxiety hits you and there's nothing you could really do. You try to calm down you try to meditate, distract yourself, cold showers, go for a walk, but nothing really works the same. But again, like if I ever feel like I need something, I won't use it. Yeah. Fair. Well, I did actually want to share this with you guys. So, Jason, remember how I had my blood work done a couple yeah. weeks ago? So, yep. my insulin levels are 3.8. Yep. And my hematocrit went from 54 straight down to 49. Damn. 
I didn't donate blood either. And then okay. uh, A1C dropped from 5.7 to 5.4, but my... That's much better. I added nice citrus. Drop. Yeah, I added citrus bermagot to my mix to prove my yep. HDL. My HDL went down to 30, from 37 uh, to 30. So I'm going to have to try that supplement you did because I wanted to add one at a time. You know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Colastin and garlic, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm going to get that next and try that one, but I was going to yeah. share that. Interesting. Is, man, I guess we're going to have to bring you on for a whole other podcast called The Heretic's Burn. And... Uh, go from there but how's your last seven days been my friend talking to me yeah yeah you. last seven days before we oh, kick it man. off my last seven my last seven days were a pain in the ass um honestly you you don't really realize how much working out helps you vent until you remove it from the equation um friends friend has been wanting to you know go do her cardio at certain times and whatnot so i've been going late with her and i just can't lift late at night so I ended up sitting there working for my phone and not doing shit. So I didn't work out for like the last six days. And I just felt my aggression just go through the fucking roof. And yesterday I had a very therapeutic session. You know, people were even asking me in the gym, oh, what are you training today? I'm like, stress relief. <laughs> and <laughs> Anything woke, and everything. Today I woke up and it's like the clouds parted. The sun came out. I'm calm. I feel good. You know, it's like we have to get into the gym. We have to, you yeah. know, especially in today's climate. Yep. So just last week for me, you know, normal working, studying, devising plans, but it was very stressful because I didn't go to the gym. And now that I have all good. Good deal. Badass. Well, today we brought you on to talk all things insulin because Mr. Jason said that you were the insulin guru. You've had some really good discussions, I guess, going on out there in social media land. So, um, Let's kick this off. I guess where I want to go straight with is let's uh let's break down um who you are, what brand you have, and like what led you into this realm of dabbling in insulin and where it's taken you. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, I have uh, Jason to thank for the field that I'm in because uh, me and Jason have been friends for a very long time, and we were always texting, throwing information back and forth, and he had gotten into coaching and he was doing really well with it and building a solid reputation, and and we would have these like. I'm telling you like paragraph long yep. conversations that were like my, like people, people would probably kill to get into some of our old texts. Right. Exactly. People, if, if we, if you, had, if you had our texts saved from like 2011, 2012, people would probably kill to read those. Right. Yep. So Jason just kept over the years, just, you got to coach, you got to coach, you got to do it. You should do it. You can help people. You can help. Finally, I jumped in and this is my career now. So I actually have Jason to thank for pushing me into this. Um, so I'm just essentially a contest prep coach. I help people, regular people as well. It's just, you know, the people that know me know that I'm, uh, I'm very aggressive with the way that I coach. I don't really screen genetics or anything like that. But if you're kind of like, hey, I'm just doing this to have fun, I'll go find another. You can find another coach that's okay with that. Like, I'm, I have no problem with people that, that, that want to do that. But to work with me, you got to be 100%. You know, you got to like really, really want it because I just don't want to put my time into somebody who wants to do this 70%, you know? And that's just how I feel. And um, I guess over the years, I didn't have the best genetics. I wanted to go high level. And back when we started doing this, there was a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of things that we didn't know. And I just tried to become the resource that I wanted when I was a kid that I didn't have, you know? So just like Jason, I pick certain fields that I'm interested in. I just dig and I dig and I dig and I study and I observe and I research and I apply things and over and over and over. And, you know, 
nothing's ever enough for me. I got to get smarter. I got to get better. And that's just essentially what I've done, you know, that I'm continually trying to learn, continually trying to get better. And insulin is one of the areas that I kind of excelled in. Um, one of my best friends as a kid was a diabetic. So I knew about insulin when I was 10, 12 years old. And I just find it funny. A lot of these meatheads think that insulin was invented so that they can get big and they take it very, very lightly. They don't take it serious. Right. And it's a very, very serious topic. Yeah. And, you know, they follow these stupid insulin primers that they've, they Googled online and, you know, they, they follow this 10 gram of carbs per you know, one IU of insulin rule, like all this bullshit, you know, and it's just, it's so misunderstood. It drives me nuts. Well, and let me, let me start. Let's get into that. Like you talked about the 10 carb. Explain why you don't think that's necessarily the best. I think I know what your answer is going to be, but explain. I know, why you know, I know you know my answer. <laughs> why don't you think that's the best way to do it? Because it's going to depend on a million different factors. It's going to depend on, you know, somebody's body composition, their metabolic rate, body type. It's going to depend on their sensitivity, where their body fat is. Um, you know, your body's going to partition differently based on sensitivity, where it's going to go, how your body's going to process everything, what type of insulin, where you're injecting it, intramuscular IV, subcutaneous. Is there an area where there's scar tissue? How old is your – like, there's so many fucking factors Correct. that yeah. that rule is bullshit. And – you know, you and I are very, very big into monitoring blood glucose yeah. and responding off of that and knowing how we react to food. And these are major, major things that people don't take into consideration. You know, I can't stand when a coach, what I see in a plan, when a coach says, inject five IVs of insulin and then eat this meal. What? Like, how do you know they're going to, I mean, listen, unless you know the client really well, how do you know how they're going to respond to that? Right. You know, one of the things that I'm... I'm, well, I'm known for one of the methods that I came up with specifically was getting your blood glucose into a range before deciding on anything, you know, like post-workout. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into where your blood sugar is going to be post-workout, but I don't have my clients eating until their blood glucose drops over, okay. drops under say 80, 85, 75, depending on the person, depending on their body type, uh, depending on where their composition is at. I don't have them eating until they drop into a certain range. You know, simply because, you know, if your blood glucose is high and then you throw more in, your body's not going to respond the same way to the food. And then you're not going to get the same response. Well, and, but you're using the same dose of insulin. So let's back up. What are, what's your favorite then insulin to use? I mean, we have Humalog, we have Novalog, we have, you know, your long acting insulin. I am, I am so. a big, big hater on Lantus. I knew that. But, don't but like tell it. people why. I don't think it's good. I think it's a lot of bullshit. I think, honestly, um, there was a big rumor. I don't know if it's a rumor, but there's a big thing. Like, Phil Heath used to take 300 IUs of Lantus a day and shit like no that. Way. Like, first of all, that motherfucker no can't get fat. You know, second of all, I don't believe he would take that much. Third of all, people just, they're looking for magic. That's what it is. They think there's a super secret insulin that's going to work better than the others and it's going to do something special and they like to use it as a sales point to convince people this is what's going to make you big. This is why you're not huge yet because you're not using Atlantis and everybody else is. It's all a bunch of bullshit. You know, I don't like the fact that I can't micromanage Atlantis. I don't yeah. like the fact that I can't control what's going on and I don't know where my peaks and valleys are and it, it just doesn't give me enough control. I'd rather microdose Humalog throughout the day and have more control and not have the stress of worrying about it in my system. Not yeah. only that, 
you're going to get a more potent response. You're going to get a more immediate response. It's more controllable. You're going to get higher IGF elevation. Um, and it's just overall going to be more manageable, more efficient, more precise, you know, and you don't have to use as much. You don't have Lantus sitting in your bloodstream all day, eventually desensitizing you. You know, I want the insulin to do its job, get in and out. Get out. Get out. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah. Uh, 100% I agree. I mean, I've dabbled with Lantus and what happens with a lot of people is like you said, they lose sensitivity and then you got to fix that before the diet starts. And so it's, um, I, I definitely agree in and out is the best way to go. Um, guys, you guys got any questions? Cause I could keep peppering them, but I mean, yeah, yeah. no, so I've seen, <clears throat> I personally have done Lantus at 20 IUs a day and then I was doing Humalog with it. And I will say that that was phenomenal for me, except that I ran into a problem after about, uh, what was it, Jason? About eight weeks, I started putting yeah. on just water. Yeah. Massive As amounts your, of water. Your insulin sensitivity faded, you know. Yeah, well, there's a reason. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's actually a different reason for that. The reason why you're holding water is because insulin is directly, is directly uh, correlated with aldosterone. Aldosterone, yeah. If you, read, if you read the research, insulin goes up, aldosterone goes up, along with it and that's why you want to be very careful loading for a show with it yeah. because you're going to you're going to cause um blurring uh an, an, uh an endogenous reaction you know a, a physiological reaction where you're you're forcing aldosterone up you're forcing it up yeah. you know mm -hmm. so you're going to end up with all of that water retention from it and that's another reason why i don't like it sustained in the system because a lot of our guys are big muscular guys their blood pressure is going to go up yes you know, yep. blood I used it. I used it like a few days and my blood pressure was up and I was like, I can't do this. Bro, it's, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. And you for know, me, it wasn't thing, good. Another thing that irks me is like people will always ask me, I hate this question. How long can I stand insulin? Stand insulin forever if you're using it right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to come off if yeah. you're using it right. right. I, and I, we've had this, me and Jason have had this conversation. We have repeatedly used insulin to restore sensitivity mm -hmm. not de everybody thinks insulin is going to desensitize you i get people leaner on insulin i get yeah. people more sensitive on insulin it's about managing blood glucose and knowing how to use nutrition and again me and jason we've been friends for a long time we have a lot of the same opinions and we both feel very very strongly that most coaches just don't know how to use how to use food to get your metabolic rate going get nutrients turning over right and getting a favorable composition Coaches, a lot of coaches run from food instead of using food. So let me ask, here's, here's one way that I set up my clients and you tell me where there's holes. Um, so I will have my client eat, let's say an hour out. Then about 15, 20 minutes later, I will have them do log and then I'll have them do some sort of intracar, but I have them start sipping it on the way there, finish halfway. Um, and then I do like, I'll have them take, some insulin when they get home, let them get a little hungry and then have them do their food. Now you tell me, am I missing carbs anywhere? Where would you adjust that? And my, my dosing post for them is less than the pre. Well, I mean, listen, it depends on what your goal is in the first place, because yeah. again, we're like, we're having a live conversation that we've already had privately so many times already. And so I know your answers and you know, my answers, a lot yeah. of this, and that goes down to, that boils down to what you're trying to do is work out optimization. That's what you're trying to do. I know exactly what you're doing. And the reason why you're dosing the Humalog 20 minutes after the meal is because you're compounding on the original yes. spike. 
you so got- that you don't have to use as much insulin. Correct. You know, if you were to say, take, let's, let's, let's throw out that bullshit 10 gram of carbs for my you rule. You had 100 grams of carbs, so you would have to take 10 IUs of insulin. Yeah. All right, but if you let your own insulin spike, you only need five. Yeah. So you end up yeah. taking less insulin and having the same effect. Yeah, that's what you're I wanted to do. You're just compounding it right on top. The I wanted our thing, listeners to understand that. And the second thing that you're doing is you're, it's actually very efficient because you're making sure the nutrients are cleared so that the intra workout actually digests and is, is efficient. Right. Because a lot of what a lot of people do wrong, I see this in 90% of coaches fucking this one up. The pre-workout meal is too close. Everybody loves an intro workout shake. I think uh, Milos made that popular and then yeah, John did. Meadows made that pretty popular. Yep. Yep. And now we know that you pretty much don't want to do without it. <laughs> yep. And the problem with it is, is everybody's eating and then an hour later they're doing their intro workout. Well, you still have food transiting. And the whole purpose of an intro workout is fast transit. Yep. So it, like, it's like trying to speed on a, on a, on a jammed up highway. You can't. You know, doesn't matter how fast your car goes, there's traffic in front of you. Yeah. So you've got to get that meal cleared in order for the intro to be effective. And I actually have, you know, digestive issues. I don't like training with food in my system. So I actually will go like three hours after oh, wow. my last meal. Then I'll go to the gym. Okay. Wow. Like I let it completely fucking clear because my motility is actually a little bit slower I got you. because of my digestive issues. So I want that gone. But you. what you said is, is very, very efficient. And now it, it depends on what it is that you're trying to do. It also depends on if you're utilizing GH as well, right? Because if you're looking for a synergistic response. I usually have um, them do that uh, with the SLIN, uh, the, the, the pre, um, at the same time. Just a small amount, two or three IU. You're going to have a synergistic effect of, of IGF elevation. Right, right. And that's why a lot of people will initially feel their blood glucose go up and then it'll crash. So that's why you need plenty of carbs in there. So uh, it does have a very, very good synergistic effect. Now, post-workout depends if I'm trying to improve the body part because pre-workout with insulin, we're looking to optimize performance. So we're basically trying to, first we're trying to carb load. Yep. And then post-workout is a different purpose. We're trying to, we're trying to elevate IGF. We're trying to extend its half-life because insulin elevates IGF BP3, which extends the, which extends the life of IGF in your system. So it's going to be longer and more efficient, which is another reason why I hate what people trying to use like Incrolex and thinking that's the next big thing. It's fucking idiotic and a waste of money. That's another topic. (laughs) But, um, post-workout, it depends on what you're trying to optimize. And again, the body type of the person, if you're looking more endo, well, an endo taking five IUs of Humalog is not the same as an ecto taking five IUs. No, not even close. An ecto is going to be double the dose. Yeah. Because they're not store they're not a storage based body type and endo is a storage based body type so they store body type but they also store aminos and uptake everything really really well whereas body types like yours and eyes we we burn through everything our body just wants to burn up energy and if we increase calories we just burn hotter right (laughs) so we need that assistance with storage so you're going to go with a higher dose again depending on the body type but for the most part that's a great structure that makes, but that makes a lot of sense. And I want our listeners to hear all that stuff that the parts of the body type and everything like that matters. And if you give endomorphs too much humalog, they're going to, they're going to get fat on you. And then it's not going to uh, do shit. It, right. Right. Cause now they're in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, guys, you got any other questions? You got questions? I just answered. Yeah, I actually questions. want to ask a question. So, um, if you're injecting insulin and couldn't that bring up insulin levels because like over time, like if you're, well, how would it? What do you mean? What, how, like if I'm putting in, if I'm putting an exogenous insulin in, right? 
That's and only that's if you're keep... de- that's only if you cause insulin resistance. If you cause insulin resistance, then your body's going to start to elevate its natural release of insulin to try to do the same job. But right. like we spoke about before, if you're using it properly and you're using it accurately, you're actually going to increase your sensitivity, so you won't have any type of resistance. GH is going to cause a little bit of resistance, obviously. Right. So pending your GH dose, you'll need a higher insulin dose. But as far as using insulin itself, no, you can actually go the other direction with that. So there's no issue with injecting because I, I know you like I've been told rely on R like if you get an, an R version if you inject it it makes it more like a log and I've done that before if that's all people can get if you do, do you, if you do what if you inject an R version like the rely on R you can get at Walmart it'll make it more it'll hit more like um, a log version of slint if you I've inject been, it where uh, intramuscular, intramuscular. Intramuscular. Well, I mean, intramuscular is going to be faster and IV is going to be the fastest, but R is never going to react the same way as log. And like I mentioned before, the longer acting the insulin, the more you risk desensitizing because the right. longer you're exposed to the insulin. Right. The longer you're exposed to insulin, the more you risk desensitization. So you're saying even if you inject the R and it will hit faster, it's still going to be active longer in the body. Well, R, well I mean, again, I, I grew up with friends that are diabetic. I dated somebody who's diabetic and I actually fixed her a1c i changed her medication and so i'm very very experienced with log and r and everything else right r is never going to hit as fast as log not even close even injected you're saying you don't think so you can inject you can inject log sub q and you can inject r intravenously and log's going to hit faster okay all right and that's probably it's 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 not even it's not it's actually not even close but the thing is you're going to have you're going to have um you're going to remember it's going to be sustained longer. So you're going to crash more frequently too. And it's going to take you down longer. So you've got to now be accountable for that longer in your system. And one thing that people don't realize is insulin also affects your appetite. Yes. So insulin can actually crash your appetite. And that's another reason why I don't want it sitting in your system all day. Cause now you're fucking force feeding, you're bloated. And you know how I feel about the topic of your body being primed and accepting food. Uh, I'll just make this point really, really quick. But again, I've given this analogy before. Um, so, Jeff, let me ask you a question. Me? Huh? Jeff Black. Me or Jeff, Jeff Black? Black. Yeah, go for it, man. I'm sorry. I forgot there was two Jeffries out here. Yeah, that's Sue, um, and I'm Jeff. Yeah. Huh? We get Sue, yes. So let me ask you a question. If I stuck three, three pieces of dried grilled chicken in front of you, right? Right. Just dry, bland, shitty grilled chicken, are you going to be able to eat it? I mean, if it means I have to, if I'm going to win my show, then absolutely, yes, I'll yeah, eat but, it. Yeah, but, but, but how's it going to feel eating it? Probably like shit. I wouldn't want to eat it. Now, at that same moment, if I took a big juicy burger and stuck it in front of you. It's getting devoured. Down I'm not checking in, it's getting devoured. I'm not checking in with Jason. <laughs> what, 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 what's, what's the first thing that your body's going to do when it's you gonna, smell that burger? Yeah, it's going to smell that burger and kick on and get ready to go. Salivate. Well, what's the first thing? There you go. Yeah, salivate. salivate. Yeah. What's salivation? Salivation is your digestive system priming. It's right. the first mode of digestion. So you didn't salivate for the grilled chicken, but you did salivate for the burger. The burger is going to be three times the amount of calories, but the grilled chicken is going to sit like a brick in your stomach for three hours, and the burger is going to be gone in an hour. So mm-hmm. the difference is your body wants to accept something versus your body doesn't want to accept something. So and I'm very, very big. That. Now, I'm very big on, listen, if you got to get a meal, and like you said, and it's time to fucking eat, get that fucking meal down. But if you're continually not hungry and it's making you nauseous, there's a fucking problem. You're not accepting the food. You're not digesting the food. I've gotten a lot of clients where I've actually, and I'm sure Jason's done this as well. You take the calories down and they're growing. 
like, how the fuck am I growing? You just cut my calories. Efficiency. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So a lot true. of times, people just think they're pounding food. They're pounding food. More calories, more calories, because they read that online. It's how much you eat, but they're not efficient with the food. So, again, back to the insulin. If it's killing your appetite and you're struggling with all your fucking food, it's not going to process properly. It's going to process, but not the best way. I guess my next question would be, what is a proper slim setup for building size then? Uh, you said the 10-gram carb rule is out. So, so if someone's wanting to go down this journey because I'm not going to pussyfoot and I'm okay with discussing this stuff because I think that to educate it removes the mystique about it because I was in the pro muscle boards with you guys back in the day, and I remember how that was. That was a shit show of wars on there. <laughs> Turn diabetic, you dumbass, you know, yeah. and all this There's shit. a lot of misinformation when yeah. we were younger. Exactly. And I think now's a chance that we have the platform and the listeners who follow to be able to kind of like shed light on that and bring this dark arts out to the public. So proper sun setup for someone who's in a right spot and primed, or if you want to walk through a primer or however you want to do it, I'm all for it. Well, how about this? Give me a specific scenario because if you every every different scenario is going to get a different protocol. Once Sue, you want to throw out a scenario? Go ahead, Sue. Give, you give me a scenario you want one. me to. So, someone like myself, for example, you know, I'm like, you know, 200, you know, 205, you know, not super advanced, you know, not super super serious about it, but I want to dabble with it. But you lean, but, but you you lean more endo. Me? Ecto. No, not more ecto. Ecto. Yeah. He was skinny as shit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you lean more ecto, you're going to need a more aggressive protocol. So depending on what you're doing with the food, um, depending on how your body's currently responding, and depending on what you respond better to, some people uh, stay full very, very easy. Some people have a very hard time staying full. And another topic is, you know, some people do much better with fats than they do with carbs. So He's more of a carb processor for sure. Yeah. Okay, stay so leaner. You're more of a carb processor. Through them. And, you're, and you're an ecto, I'm going to hammer slim. And I like to... I like to prime, like say early in the day, say you're going to train after three meals. Um, I would have you first wake up in the morning. Obviously, if your blood glucose is in range, which it should be, if you have optimal sensitivity and everything, you're going to eat your first meal. Then uh, checking your blood glucose before your next meal, maybe, you know, if we need to, if I feel like, you know, we're having trouble with it or we're not sure what type of spot we're in as far as how fast you're processing everything. You could do like a micro dose of, you know, three, four, I use half hour before meal two to make sure meal two is ready to digest have your carbs in meal two, you do the same thing before meal three, but sometimes that's not even necessary. Um, you'll find a lot of times you can throw a hundred, 150 grams of carbs into meal one and they're still dropping to 90 before meal two, you know, first meal of the day, everything's empty, get your metabolic rate moving. So it's not necessary. It depends on what is necessary. But like Jason said before about going heavier on the insulin pre-workout for somebody that's more of an ecto, I would absolutely do that because you probably have issues loading. So what I like to do specifically with some people, especially when I have somebody who has a hard time staying full and loading, is I'll actually have them do five, eight, even 10 IUs, maybe right before going into the gym. And then I have them warm up for 20, 30 minutes. So this is another topic as far as your parasympathetic nervous system and your nervous system switching. But as soon as we get into very, very, very hard training and blood flow really gets going, adrenaline's pumping and everything else, then your digestion slows down. So warm up nice and slow and don't kick that off. While you're eating, while you're drinking your While you're drinking your intro, you're getting half or three quarters of that down with the insulin in your system. And I'm big on throwing some Rice Krispie treats in pre-workout as well. A nice, simple, 
carbohydrate source, tasty, get everything moving. You know, it's a little tree, it's a little breaks. You never have any really excuse to cheat, you know, and really just start carb loading, you know, while you're pumping up. So say I'm doing chest, uh, I'm just throwing out bullshit numbers. You know, you do a set of 135 for 10 and then you wait two, three minutes and then you do it again. You wait two, three minutes, you do a set of flies, you do some uh, rotator cup work, you do a little bit of tricep work and you don't even really begin potentiating and trying to get that nervous system firing until 15, 20 minutes in. You know, and let me stop you there so that our listeners get it. The point he's making is when you're parasympathetic, you're, you're digesting better. And he's wanting those Rice Krispie treats he's putting in. He's wanting that liquid Gatorade or Carbolin or whatever yep. your carb to, to be digesting. And you're still not going at the workout hard. Now that's all in you. It's loaded by the slim. Now he's going to step it up and you're going to go sympathetic and you're not digesting anymore, but it's no longer needed. Exactly. So exactly. I, I just wanted them to get it. Absolutely. This is a, this is a, now this is a, this is a little bit more aggressive Advanced, approach. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is if I'm struggling with to get somebody to grow, yeah. you know, if I'm struggling to get somebody to grow, this is a method that I go to. Uh, but I mean, it's going to work great for everybody. It's just a lot of people don't want to nitpick like this. You know, they're just, they're not patient. They want to get in there. They want to get going. They don't have two hours to spend in the gym. It's late in the day, you know, so everybody's going to be situational, but this would be a very, very effective and aggressive method if that's what you were looking to do. And also what you could do is if you struggle with, you know, some of some people are like skinny fat and you have a trouble, you have trouble controlling their composition. Well, you can keep their carbs really, really low at all, all other points and then use this aggressive approach right in the beginning of the workout. And they'll be loaded for the work. They'll be flat the rest of the day, but they'll be loaded for the workout. You know so finishing your example, would you then do like I do with a lot of my clients and have them hit maybe like, so you said eight to 10. So let's cut it in half at five they get home and that primes them or are you going to do something different? Well, after the workout, what I have everybody doing is checking their blood glucose. That's the first thing you should be doing. And I have every client doing this yes. across the board. You finish your workout, you get home, you check your blood glucose. Because if they're ready, then they'll eat right away. If you're ready, exactly. Now that's a, that's an issue that I've run into that I found that I had to clarify with a lot of people, you know, like somebody would hit, like they come home and all oh, my blood glucose is 75. So I didn't take my insulin. No, I still want you to take the insulin. Just eat right eat away. Right away. Yeah. You know, just, it's just, but you if know, it's 95, take, take four IUs, go shower and then eat. Yeah. Right. And yeah. another issue that I've, seen with people is the speed at which they drink their interest shake too many people are waiting and what happens is like we mentioned with the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system when you when your performance kicks off with the sympathetic nervous system then everything slows down so, but you're still sipping on your shake so your blood sugar might be you know wherever it's going to be but then as soon as your workout ends everything starts transiting again so your blood sugar starts going up they're like Oh, I checked my blood sugar and I took my insulin, but I didn't eat for an hour because it kept going up and it kept going up and it took me an hour before it dropped below 80. Well, you didn't get your intra shake in fast enough, fast enough or you ate that pre-workout meal too close to the workout. So this is why transit is yeah. all very, very important in timing. Yeah. So you can see guys like I give a protocol. It works, but he's getting even more detailed in what you're doing. It's interesting though. I always do my calves first. Now they're not getting the benefit of the insulin, but I'm not doing the main body part that day for, I always hit calves. I do some push-ups, and I normally don't get started for 15, 20 minutes. That just made sense to me. Um, but it was interesting to hear you talk about that too. You have them stretch and do those things. Um, that's cool. I think I, I, I might get back to the rice krispies. I had kind of stopped doing that. I usually just sip on my Gatorade, but 
I might get back to it now that I'm allowed to grow. We'll see here. Well, this is, uh. this, go, this goes back to the, uh, the taste thing. Um, a lot yeah. of times I feel like having, like, I let them go. I let actually let clients go into the grocery store and just go up and down the cereal bar. And if you can, the, with up and down the it's aisle of the cereal bar, and if you can low. match the macros with the Rice Krispie treats, right. you know, it's all simple carbs, fast yeah. digesting, low fat, yeah. and it's going to prime digestion. And another thing, actually, uh, I had this discussion with Scott Stevenson and he's actually, he actually is the one that gave me a lot of the research and ideas as far as the body processing something efficiently that tastes good. So I've actually added Gatorade to all of my interest shakes and it's not because I think it's better than, than highly branched cyclic dextrin. It's, right. it's simply because it makes it taste better. Tastes really fucking and I good. Tell, and I tell everybody yeah. this, I've said this in other podcasts and I've challenged, and I've had a lot of people DM me and, go, and try this and say, holy shit, you're right. Make an intro workout shake that tastes like shit and make sure all of your variables are perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And then the next day I want you to do the exact same thing. Perfect timing, match the match, but make the intro shake taste good. Watch what happens. So much more efficient. It's ridiculous. Makes sense. I mean, it makes sense that salvation and diet starts. That, uh, that's good stuff. I mean, I'm going to throw back some more things on it now that I'm grown. That's Guys, why what you got to make your food taste good. You have yep. to. So I have a question for you, Mr. Viz. Is there a certain ratio for GH and SLIN that one should oh, good consider? Answer. Good question. Um, not necessarily. I mean, listen, I, uh, whatever you can afford. (laughs) Well, that's what Jay Cutler tells people. (laughs) Now here's, here's the thing with that. And I'll speak on GH. I'm very, very honest with about it. Um, in 2017, uh, I was making really good money for the first time. So I could afford a lot of GH and you fall into a trap because people have no, a lot of bad coaches and one in specific who I won't name is known for blasting their people on GH because you have no idea how easy it is to grow on high GH. Define sure. blast for bro. Ten, twelve, I use it uh, and up. Okay, yeah. wow. bro, it's a fucking joke. Like I have pictures I could show you. I look like a gorilla. It literally, like, I, like thinking about warming up got me pumped. <laughs> and I was on, and I was on fifty grams of carbs. Oh jeez! Like it's it's so ridiculously easy to grow on GH. It's a fucking joke. And then you throw insulin on top of that, and you'll blow the fuck up. The problem is yep. your stomach starts to grow. Yep. And insulin sensitivity fades. And but you're but you're lying to yourself the whole time. Oh, it's not that bad. I'll fix it <laughs> later. Yeah. I'm just you know what? I can't suck my stomach in, but I'm just being lazy right now. I'm just tired. I had a lot of fiber. No, you're fucking your sensitivity's fucked. Your visceral fat's building up. You're getting intestinal growth. You're getting intestinal swelling. You're getting more water retention. Uh, you're stretching out your transverse abdominal wall because of all that. So it's getting weaker and your stomach's sticking out further. I remember going to suck my stomach in. And it wouldn't come in. It wouldn't move. Yep. It would not go in. And luckily, I ran out of time. I only got up to 14 IUs for two, for, for two weeks. Wow. And I'm telling you, man, like my skin looked plump. I yeah. was pumped 24-7. I was gigantic. And it was so, such a fucking joke. So to, to avoid that. What ratio would you recommend? Because I'm I've I talked about two to three farm like pre like what are you talking? Well, I do some Jeff situation. We're back on the let's grow. They're having a trouble growing. What would well, you? Well, I'm do? gonna throw you a few scenarios. I'm gonna yeah. tell you what I like to do for myself. 
and I'll tell you what I like to do for other people. And I'll give you a reason why. Yeah. For most people, I like to go around six to eight IUs. That's my okay. sweet spot. Because at six to at six, it has to be pharma. Generics okay. don't fucking work. I don't care. Listen, this, this topic drives me nuts. People on these forums, oh, I tested my, my IGF and I have GH test. And this and that. It's not the same. Anybody who's run them both is going to tell you they're not the same. But every fucking pro in the fucking world is on pharma growth. You think that they all just didn't try it or don't know any better. All these forum guys are smarter than them. No, they've tried both. I actually, I told this story numerous times. You require times. it almost, right? Like you would rather just put money in the food than. I won't let my clients use generic GH. Okay. I, I'll, I tell you, say, I'll tell you, save your money. I, yeah, that's what I thought. I was just, you know. It's, it's, it's absolutely not the same. Every pro will tell you the same. The first time I ever used Pharma GH, a friend gave me a pen for my birthday. And, and I had already been using generics for years. Yeah. And the first sign is that I got up to like 15, I used the generics and I had no gut. Yeah. So that right there tells me something. Um, but you don't feel more watery with them because I do. Oh, yeah. I, I still they, feel I like I get add, fuller. I, I think feel they like add, they're working. I just don't think it's as good. Like, but you I don't think, think they, they work AD, at all. I think, they, I think it's GHRP with added ADH. Okay. Actually, a client of mine spent a, long, spent a, a couple of years in uh, China and actually told me he met one of the manufacturers. And the guy told him, he's like, it's GHRP. Don't buy it. Yeah. And I've taken that. And it does mimic the feeling. I mean, It absolutely does. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, um, as you can keep going as long as we can hear you. There you go. Sorry. I don't know why that happened. I had my do not. So you're at six to eight for the scenario with Jeff Sue. Are you taking that all pre-workout or are you going to go two in the morning for, I like to go, I like to go for pre-workout for bedtime. I don't like it in the morning. I don't like it in the morning usually because I don't want people lethargic throughout the day. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I want to make sure insulin sensitivity is optimized early in the day for that workout performance. Okay. So like for I me, like I like me, that. me personally, I take a little bit more aggressive and spaced out approach, you know, okay. especially because I have a torn shoulder and the GH really, really helps keep me in the game. Yeah. That's another thing. You have no idea how much GH is going to keep you in the game if you have a serious injury. Yeah. So oh, I will I actually do five. I use pre-workout. Okay. I'll do another four or five before bed. Okay. But then I won't take any for two days. Okay, so are you doing that on on weak body parts, like not no, just the under I, the bus, have, but like his hamstrings? Like, are you doing that more on a <laughs> no that's weaker? Well, specifically for he was, the, specific, he was the example. <laughs> oh no! Well, if, if if you're looking to improve a body part, then I would absolutely blast it pre workout. Okay. And I would All utilize that. All See, of here's it. the thing: everybody's going to have different side effects. So yeah. the only way to really know is to implement it and monitor. So and you would say like, all right, so if you have Sue on eight, you're telling him, all right, we're hitting that slim we already talked about. We're going to do all eight pre-hamstring day to get your hamstring. Well, I wouldn't do all eight pre-workout because I don't think that's going to be efficient. I'm not really even sure if your body's going to process that much, you know? Yeah. So I would go probably four or five pre-workout and then another three, four before bed. Got it. You know, a nice high healthy dose along with insulin Got it. And, 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 uh, and, and really focus on making sure that that body part is trained properly, yeah. but not overtrained. Yeah. You know, because I right. find a lot of times when people have a weak body part, they overtrain it. And that's or why they it's not just growing. connecting at all. Yeah. And you got to fix their cues. Yeah. All right. So I have a question then. If you're telling them to take four, I use a GH at night. Are you telling them to take like metformin or anything at night too, to help help facilitate that glucose spike that's going to happen? Or you just, no, not, re- not, not really, because I figure you're going to be asleep. You have a long time to process it. Your blood, glu- your blood glucose isn't really going to matter. You're going to process it by the time you wake up. If you're sleeping a good eight hours, right? 
Right. So it's not it's not really gonna it's not really gonna become a factor um, unless you start to cause serious insulin resistance, and that's gonna be consecutive days of GH borderline abuse. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you'll notice that if you start taking GH initially, you're not gonna have resistance issues for a couple of weeks, and then it starts mm-hmm. to slowly start building. Correct. So if you're very very careful with it then you're never going to have that onset. That's why I'm also known to do zero carb off days, even off season, because I'm offsetting all of these responses, you know? So I'm like, a lot of people like to blast and cruise off season. Like they'll do, they'll, they'll go heavy and that hard. And then they'll do their mini diets. I used to be big on mini diets back in 2015 until I learned that I could really sustain their sensitivity for much, much longer being more precise. Yeah. That's the way I've tried to do it too. Yeah, I agree. Well, see, interesting. I, I want to circle back to the GH talk on the. Uh, I've been using GH uh, since 1992. I actually had the Humatrope, ver, uh, not Humatrope, Pertropin 192 back when they thought that was the amino acid sequence, and then they dropped it to 191. I turn 40 next month, and I've used all the generics and everything else. So I, I tend to agree with you, but there's one generic that I will use, and those are those Metatrope blacks or those grays. But other than that, I found that everything else was pretty uh touch and go you never knew what you were going to get from it so uh i've uh, i've used every generic you can think of i used the mexi green tops i've used the rip tropins i've used uh, i've used every good one that you get i mean up until probably 2014 2013 i stopped um and then i, I just had to accept it because like i was saying before my friend gave me you know a pen i used it, it was like this is phenomenal and then the pun pen ran out and I'm broke. So I go back to my generics. I'm like, oh, these are just as good. Everybody says they test good. Everybody's raving about them. So I do it again. Finally, prep comes. I'm like, you know what? Let me spring for a couple of pens, you know, see what happens. Great response again. Run out of them. I'm broke. So again, I start trying to mind fuck myself. No, no, no. Generics are just as good, just as good. And I'm sitting there every day just like, fuck, this is not the same. But I'm trying to talk myself into it because I don't have any money. Yeah, true. No, I get <laughs> and then, it. Eventually, I just had to accept that it's not the fucking same. I'm not saying they don't work. I'm saying it's probably GHRP. Yeah. Right. That'd be a fair assessment. I could get behind that. Um, GH pre-fasted cardio. Uh, I love GH pre-fasted cardio because it, again, it's going to give you a little blood sugar spike, but then it's going to cause a crash when the, uh, not a crash, but a reduction when the IGF levels start to kick on and it's going to make you burn body fat a little quicker. I actually microdose mm-hmm. insulin as well, simply yeah. because. Yeah, I was going to get um, to that. That was my next point. Yeah. Well, we've also, we've always, we've always heard the, uh, the, the, it takes 15, 20 minutes for your body to start burning body fat when you do cardio, right? Yep. That's somewhat true because that's how long it takes your blood sugar to drop into a range where your body starts switching over to body fat. Jason knows this. Yep. So, if we could do that chemically a little faster, well, we're getting 15 more minutes of fat burning every single day, all prep. Yeah, Jeff Black and I are a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah one, two, I use a Humalog, 600 milligrams of L-carnitine. A couple, I use yeah. GH, goes a long way in a prep. Exactly. Fat burning stack right there. Now, you, you what, I, what, I, what I do is, uh, it, that's for sure. everybody, everybody mismeasures. So here's the point I want to make. I tell everybody to get the one-third CC insulin pins because they're the most accurate. Because it's fucking hard to measure two IUs on a 100 IU insulin pin. Yeah. And if you notice, you lose a little bit in the end of it yep. and yep. you don't in the one third CC pins. So if you're looking to microdose insulin, um, I, I pretty much do this across the board now with my clients most of the time in prep until the very end. I have them taking two to three IUs of insulin right before cardio. Yeah. Yep. And you're going to notice yep. you sweat, you sweat faster, right? And why are you sweating faster? Because it's a byproduct of burning body fat, heat. 
heat production. All right. So now, with that being said, is there a blood sugar number that you're like, hey, if your BG number is this, do not do the insulin? Well, yeah. If the, okay. If, 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 you're, if you're waking up below 80, you don't need the insulin. You're going to burn body fat right away. I agree with that because I was yeah, I, I, I attempted fade a few times and tried it at like 74. Yeah, no. <laughs> and post, post fast cardio, I text Jason one day. I'm like, I saw white shit. And now I think I was, you know, I was like at 44. <laughs> He's like, bro, I've had people, I've had people do this. I was like, you didn't need it, bro. Like, <laughs> I've had people do this and know they're going hypo and they're like, I was fighting as long as I can. I'm like, why? Yeah. Get off the fucking yeah. treadmill and go get some, you can die. Yeah. Like, don't fight it. No fighting. This is not about how tough you are. No. That's a good if, you know, if you go hypo during your workout, it, it'll fuck it up too. So you want to be, you want to be precise with what you're doing with these situations oh, you, or else if, you've wasted your workout really. And I've had it happen to me. Um, but I've just thrown that out there when, you know, if you go hypo, like go ahead and slam your next carb drink or, or keep a Gatorade extra in your bag and don't be afraid to slam it right away. Don't be like, Oh, well it's an extra 35 carbs. I can't do it. Like you're there to perform. So yeah, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, in terms of what you just said, if someone's waking up 75, which is what I am usually waking up at, you're saying don't, there is no use for insulin at all? or just Absolutely saying not. Morning? You don't need it. Not, not in the morning, the Jeff. Fasted. The, the only purpose yeah. of it is to get you into range to burn body fat. Right. He, in the yeah. range is below 80 is what he's saying. We're talking about fasted cardio purposes. Yeah. All. We're not talking yeah. about hitting it We're not talking about growing. Yeah. We're talking about burning fat. Okay. All right. The, yeah. If you're, if you're waking up that low – and then you're gonna, and then you're supposed to take insulin before your cardio. There's mm -hmm. no point. There's no point in doing it. Right, you're just gonna go but, down. But the thing is, if, yeah, if you're yeah. running six to eight IU's of GH, pharma GH, you ain't waking up. You're probably 70. not waking up at seventy five. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. So, so why have you? Nope. Unless you're a freak, I'm sure there's some Unless freaks you're a freak, out there. You're yeah, probably yeah. not waking at seventy five. Right. Right. And that guy's a top pro on the Olympia stage, probably. Fucking Two yeah. questions for you, Phil. Um, if you can explain for more of our general population listeners, since you know so much about blood glucose control and insulin, can you explain Dawn phenomenon and how you would potentially fix that if a client was experiencing that? And also reactive hypoglycemia. Can you explain that and how you would? Good questions. Okay. Well, as far as the dawn phenomenon, I think we have to clarify what it is. First of all, yeah. um, a lot of times when people wake up, their blood glucose will be high. And then after a period of time, it'll drop. And mm -hmm. there's different theories on why that happens. There's nothing solid and concrete, but if you understand, you know, physiology and the way the body works, then you get a pretty good grasp on why it may happen. And a lot of times um, what I've found is I swear to God, I tell them to wake up and drink 16 ounces of water. And then it, it happens right away. I think what happens is your metabolic rate slows as you sleep a little bit and you're in, you're in rest and digest mode so, so much that nothing is really moving. Nothing's really going, you know, your, your motility is slowed down. Your metabolic rate's not really moving. And then when you drink some water, everything starts to turn mm -hmm. on. So um, a lot of people, if you have any clients that have like a dawn phenomenon, have them drink about 16 ounces of water and I shit you not, their blood sugar is going to drop in five, 10 minutes. I've never tried that, but I will. Okay. In immediately, immediately happens. Like if you start checking, like, I mean, if you really want to be like nitpick to watch it drop, it starts dropping right away. The I always get everything to do with like cortisol or something. Stress. something. It, some of it can. It, well, it, yeah, well, it, it absolutely can. But, um, cortisol is always going to be highest in the morning. You know, that's just right. a fact. That's um, morning. So, 
and and that's not necessarily that's not necessarily always a bad thing as well. But we want to do our best to combat that. And if you're recovering properly, if you're managing your rest days, if you're getting optimal nutrients, um, a lot of times people start to start to struggle and get insulin resistance because of elevated cortisol. Because like I mentioned about a lot of coaches, especially in prep, they run from food instead of using food. So mm -hmm. they're cutting calories, cutting calories, cutting calories. Oh, your metabolism stalled, throw in T3. Cut more calories. Oh, you're stalled again, add more T3. And it's just a vicious cycle in the opposite direction. And you're not getting the proper amount of nutrients. And, you know, the person's body is basically getting sick and weaker and weaker. And cortisol starts becoming elevated, you know. So if you can control that cortisol response within reason, you know, you really don't have too many issues with that. But I'm telling you. Have them drink 16 ounces of water when they wake up in the morning, go use the bathroom, come back in 10 minutes, boom, blood sugar drops. I'm going to try it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm yeah. interested in just trying it. And what was your other question, Jeff? The other question was, I've had a lot of clients, specifically female clients, experience reactive. Well, I'm, I'm going to say right now, I'm not well-versed with females. I don't okay, well, females. then males too. Let's just talk about males. Okay. People who experience reactive hypoglycemia, where you would expect after a meal that they would stay elevated and then have like a slow you know, postprandial drop, but we're see I'm seeing a big spike and then a big, you know, fallout afterwards. Why is um, and how would you fix that? Honestly, I haven't run into that too much, um, except with myself. I haven't okay. run into that a lot with clients, but that does happen a lot with me. Um, actually, no, it, had, it happens to Justin Mackey as well. Um, typically, what I find is that happens with people that um, initially genetically have a super fast metabolism and then carry a lot of muscle mass. You have a lot of muscle mass carried with a fast, a couple with a fast metabolism and a reactive metabolism. Um, actually funny thing is Jason pointed this out to me and helped me figure out how to get leaner because I didn't realize that my metabolism was so reactive. If I cut calories, my metabolism stalls. If I add calories, it spikes. So I react to, I react based on what I'm eating. You know, my, my metabolism, I could, I could hold the same weight on 2000 calories or 3000 calories or 4000 calories. My, my metabolism adapts. So, um, a lot of times if you have a heavy meal void of fats, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you're spiking your insulin really, really hard and metabolism picks up, you could have a nice little crash that happens to me a lot happens to Justin a lot, but I don't typically experience that a lot with people. You're saying you have that happen with women. Yeah, I've had a couple of bikini girls who are on, you know, lower, I would say lower calories, lower carbs, let's say like 120 carbs, 150 carbs, and we put them all pre intra and post. And I've had clients where mid workout, even with a post, even with a uh, intra workout Gatorade, they will experience hypoglycemia. Well, here's the, well, here, here would be my troubleshooting, just based on knowledge of physiology. Mm -hmm. Um, you said a bikini girl on, on low calories. Right. So what happens, like I mentioned before, when you get somebody on really low calories and they don't carry a lot of muscle mass, our body starts to resist at some point. Metabolism slows, metabolism slows, metabolism slows. Now, if you hit them with a heavy spike, what happens when we eat a sheet meal? We start sweating, right? Hmm. Why? Because our metabolic rate picked up. Right. So if you have somebody whose metabolic rate is stalled and then you spike it, yeah, that's going to happen. Gotcha. Okay. And are they low fat? Because that's what I was going to ask. Low fat as well. Yeah. About yeah 30 so it's grams. dumping out fast. Well, you that insulin spike going and they're clearing out hard, man. Well, if, if, the, if, the fat, if the fats were included, it would, it would, it would, uh, it would give you a more slow trickle slow. of glucose mm -hmm. into the system and you Correct. wouldn't get the insulin spike so you wouldn't get the crash. That's why I said they were likely low fat. Hey, hey Sue. It's the, it's the metabolic increase with the insulin spike. Would you put MCT oil that's then? That's what I was going to say. Do that. 
MC two oil would be a great would well, be a, would be a great addition simply because you're not going to store it as body fat, right. but it's going to be a great fuel source, and it's, it's also going to it's also going to slow the speed of glucose into the system. Yeah. Now, here's one thing that you want to consider when you're doing this: um, the fact that you, this is happening, their metabolic rate is spiking. So when their metabolic rate is spiking, you know you're going to burn up a certain amount of calories in processing. So if you mean for them to get 150 grams, they're probably only getting 100. Mm. So maybe just increase the carbs. They're probably losing 30%. So either stay low fat and increase the carbs or as I, – I do MCT, Jeff, to my pre-workout because yeah, I yeah. will have some of the same issues. And so I love MCT because, you know, I, it burns more like a carb and I don't have to worry about a storing as much and it works for I like I like MCT if I'm looking for a very stable, focused workout. You know, if I'm having issues with neural drive, latent prep, energy levels, things like that, especially if the calories are cut, then that's a great, that's a, that's a great tactic. However, if I'm looking for mass, I'm going to increase the carbs. And if I'm okay. looking for a refeed, I'm right. going to increase the carbs. Gotcha. All right. All right. Maybe um, I'll and get those carbs higher than my pre-workout because I'm looking to grow. So that's good advice. Speaking I, I told carbs. you you need to increase your carbs. Uh, I know. I've been I telling think, that motherfucker to up that GH, too. I think, I think, I think you GH just love too. staying lean. <laughs> Jeff wants me on, like, he sent me a text, you're a pussy if you're not on six to eight. I used GH. I, I was just calling you like I saw it. I'm like, you want to get back on that stage? You compete? Fucking up your dose, pussy. You got one year. <laughs> I told him the same thing. I said, I said listen, Good. you don't we, need much more mass. You need fullness. Yeah, that's yeah. what I told him. I'm like, 10 more pounds and you'll be hard to handle in that class. Honestly, if I if I were honestly if I were Jason, I would be doing. Pro I mean, as lean as he is, and as fast as his metabolism is with his shape, he doesn't need much more size. He needs the volume. He needs the fullness. I would be hitting like four or five IU's of GH and like ten IU's of fucking insulin and a mega fucking ton of carbs, and I would do a very unreasonable amount of card of, of, of volume and really really push that sarcoplasmic volume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking like of carbs, do you have a carb rule? I know you said you weren't a fan of the 10 grams per IU and all that, but how do you set this up or how would you recommend so well, setting this up? Here's, here's what I, here's, here, here, first of all, here's what I see everybody do wrong. They pick out the insulin dose they want yeah. and then they insert mm -hmm. the food. Jason's yep. laughing. We both, they, we both hate that. But you get fat. They're like, oh, how, how, how should I arrange my diet if I want to do 10 IUs of insulin? Why the fuck are you picking 10 IUs of insulin? Like, what the fuck is that? I literally don't put insulin into the program until I've already written the nutrition out. Then I look at the nutrition and I say, how can I optimize how this food is working? I don't use insulin to get more food in. I use insulin to make the food that we're eating more efficient. That's the difference. And I always err on the side of safety. So yeah. like I'll have somebody with 100 grams of carbs in the meal only take four or five IUs of insulin. And then you can guide and get a feel, right? Like make sure and they're you not get a hypo, nice, make sure they're – but the thing is, if you've worked with a person and you know how they process that food, you can put it in the right places where you're not getting that spillover into body fat and accumulating body fat. You just do it efficiently. And like you said before, if you do it post-meal, like a lot of times I'll even bold it in the program, post-meal. Right. Like finish your last bite, then take your insulin. Right. And then by then, insulin has already been spiked. You need half the amount. Got you know, yep. so I always undershoot the insulin relative to the carbs. So like you could even say some, I'll do 20 grams of carbs per IU, you know, because insulin is very potent. It's very powerful. People think that you need more than you really do. 
And here's another yeah. thing people fuck up. Uh, I was actually discussing this with, uh, with my client, Luke Carroll. Uh, we, he, uh, we were discussing insulin and what people don't realize is it degrades fast. Yeah. When the bottle is, when the bottle is first open, the pen is first open. You've got, I don't care who you, I don't care what anybody tells you. You I've had Early. diabetic. My best friend was diabetic that I grew up with. I dated somebody diabetic. You have 30 days. Yeah. That's what I said. That's what I so said. So when I go into that second month, on that bottle, I increased who I use, accounting for the potency loss. Uh, okay. Mm, yeah, Third month, sense. I throw it out. Okay. All right. The second you contaminate that bottle, it's degrading. Yeah. So if you've had a bottle over 30 days, you got to increase that dose a little bit. If you had it over 60 days, you're, you're not getting shit. Throw it throw out. out. Yep. I like that rule. That's, that's so a lot, of people, a lot of people don't even have a solid grasp on how they're responding to things because they're using insulin that's not potent and they think that this is what the rules are following and they're wrong, you know? So these are all different factors that people don't consider. Got it. I have one more question to finish it out here in a second, but I want to know uh, if, Sue, you got any or Jason, you got any? I've asked most of mine, I think. You can finish yours out. Sue hasn't asked a ton. I don't know if he's got more or anything. Oh, I asked the hey, two fire, that I really fire wanted away. to. I like tough questions. I, really, I asked the two that I really wanted to, um, to ask, but I think I, you know, I learned a lot myself just from this. So thank you, Phil. Yeah. Uh, pleasure. I just, yeah. uh, I, just, I like to clarify this because J- Jason knows this is one of the topics that drives me fucking nuts because everybody gets it wrong. It's 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 such a bad topic because these meatheads really think they have a grasp on it and they're so confused. Right. No, I agree with you because I've been on the boards like a long time like you all and I've watched the narrative of insulin shift over the last especially yeah. couple two, three years. And I think it's a great drug. You just don't need a lot of it to go a long way. And I've said that for a long time. You know what I'm going to send you guys when I get off of this? Um, I actually have a, an app that I had built that I haven't launched yet because just the pandemic and everything and I couldn't get content. And, you know, I wanted to make sure everything was smooth when I launched it. So I'm not being impatient, but I have, uh, a, I, I went and read all the primers, the old, old primers on the boards, you know, like the monster primer and the insulin primer yeah. and whatnot. And I rewrote them better. Nice. And That's more extensive, ass. more detailed and more comprehensible. I'll oh, uh, I'll send you guys a copy. Yo, awesome. obviously don't show anybody. Yes, but right. it's probably three times as long as the other primers. Nice. nice. I so if somebody cares to learn, they're gonna spend the time reading it. But it, yep. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. It's probably twenty plus paragraphs. Okay, I'm one hundred percent behind that. I'm always ready to learn. Um, so so I have a question. <clears throat> if Phil Heath was listening to this and was gonna <laughs> hire you, Phil, to be his prep coach. Where would you start with his insulin and GH dose? I wouldn't work with him because I don't like him. I think he's cocky and insecure. Oh, shit. I didn't expect <laughs> that fucking it. All right. Well, what's another pro? Uh, who, uh, Curry. Like Brandon Curry. Oh, I love Brandon Curry. Brandon Curry is fucking awesome. That's the people's champ. All right. Yeah. So, so what, would you, what, what would you advise? I mean, I think he's already blasting insulin. I have a pretty good yeah. idea of what they do over in Kuwait, and they love to blast their insulin. They love to blast their GH. What's a blast? Like, I'm curious. <laughs> I, I mean we're not saying anyone needs to do it we're just saying hey what is it all right disclaimer i'm gonna tell you some stuff that i've heard please nobody try this shit yeah but i've heard i've heard doses of like 20 i use a humalog i've heard 10 15 i use a humalog with every meal okay, i've heard, I GH, I've I've heard gh upwards of 20 i use yeah me too like i've heard 
ridiculous doses. And I think that they're learning from their mistakes. I think in their early years, they were giving a lot of people GH guts and then they tried to go the waist trainer route and realized that didn't work. So now they're doing what I mentioned at the beginning of this is they're kind of like, here, let's start at eight. Okay, no gut, let's go to 10. Okay, no gut, let's go <laughs> right. to 12. Okay, no gut, let's go to, like they <laughs> just pump it up until we can't fight the side effects, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I think, like I said, you have no idea how big and full GH and insulin is going to make you. Now, the problem with that is, is a lot of people are losing detail because of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. people don't realize 100%. that GH upregulates collagen synthesis. Yep. Your skin's made of collagen. Yep. So like if you look at Jay Cutler's Christmas tree, for example, when he turned pro at the USA, I think 1995, it was beautiful, detailed, carved, dry, thin skin. And then if you look at when he won his Olympia 2009, right? You're going to tell me Cutler wasn't peeled? Of course he was peeled. Right. Where was his Christmas tree? It was yeah. gone. Yeah. Because his skin turned into fucking seal skin. Yeah. And I show this to people all the time. Like I'll say, for example, like if you look at my forearm skin, there's no body fat there, but I also have no body fat on my shoulders, but look how thick the skin is there. Yeah. Some people just have thicker skin in different areas. I'm Italian, you know, so I have tech, I tend to have thicker skin. The lighter skin white guys tend to have thinner skin. Yeah. Now, the, the, more, the, more <laughs> collagen, the more collagen synthesis you have, you know, the less you're going to wrinkle, the better your skin's going to be, but your skin's going to get thicker. And we're seeing that now with a lot of their pros. They're losing I detail agree. because they're, it's not body fat. It's not water retention. I it's agree. the actual thickness of the skin. Right. That's getting right. thicker. And well, I mean, think about G GH is for anti-aging. I mean, because it does help your skin. I mean, absolutely. UI, it helps your skin. It's all about collagen and synthesis. Um, so I agree with you. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, we know how dry and peeled guys were in the early and mid 90s. Look but, at the yeah. 80s when GH wasn't there. Look how detailed everybody was. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 90s, GH came up and it was a little bit less. And then all the 2000s, detail just went to shit when everybody was when everybody realized Hey, I can put on fucking 50 pounds this offseason if I just blast the GH. Right. You know, there was rumors that Ronnie Coleman did uh, 24. I used a GH the year he was like 300 pounds, 2003. Yeah, and then I heard uh, through the grapevine that Cutler was up to 36 IUs. Wow. You know, I've seen – and uh, somebody recently told me, somebody very, very reputable, I'm not going to give a person's name, said there's only one person in the 2018 lineup – uh, for the Olympia that wasn't over 16 IUs of GH. And I think it was Sean Roden because they said that he didn't want to affect his waistline. Yeah. Huh. So there was only one person in the whole lineup that was below that. 36 IUs a day. Dude, that was I, Cutler. Well, Cutler, Cutler is known to tell people as much as you can afford. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll be real with you. I've always thought GH was that game changer because whenever I, if I didn't have my brittle bone disease where, because Jason will tell you, the moment I get about 190, 195, yeah my body just hurts. But when I start cranking up that GH shit, man, if I can get to about two, 200, 205, and then my body just won't take it. But I agree with Phil. Like once you like, that's the magic. Like you can become like just a mutant overnight with it. Here's, wow. here's, here's the, here's the thing also with GH. Um, I couldn't break two thirty uh, up until I was probably 28 or 29. And sorry. Sorry. You still got me? All right. Yep. The first time that I broke 230 was the first time I used Pharmagrade GH. And then the more you go, I used you go it, at eight? Did you go at eight I use? Uh, no, I was only at four for a long time. Oh, okay. But what happened was I think that it, it induced hyperplasia and it gave me more muscle cells to work with. 
And it allowed me to break through those genetic plateaus. I have a strong belief. I probably never would have gotten over 230, 235 without GH. You know, it just gave me more to work with and helped me break through that plateau. You know, I was also never a very strong person. And I started getting stronger with the GH because, you know, it, it improves the integrity of connective tissue and everything else. So I think that it was really, really a game changer for me. And, uh, you know, God rest his soul. One of my really good friends, Matt Porter, we said the same thing. He said, he used to, he used to tell everybody, listen, when I jumped on GH, I morphed. And he would tell you the same thing about his clients. He's like, they fucking just morph when they, the first time they get on GH. And that's why I tell all my clients that I'm very, very honest. Like a lot of times we're at a certain point. I'm like, we're not going to get much further unless you get on some pharma GH. And I even had a few recently that were literally like struggling and then just put on 20 pounds. <laughs> Leader. The six to eight IU range would be where you want to start. If you're a beginner, four to six. Four to six. If you're looking, and then if you're looking to really pile on mass, six to eight. And I would even push it to 10 if, if you can sustain the side effects. See, a lot of things that we don't consider with bodybuilding is we consider we have muscle growth genetics, we have lean genetics. But one thing that we don't health. consider is health genetics. Cancer yep. genetics. Yeah. No, no, just health genetics. Just health. Like yeah. um, one, of my, one of my buddies talked me into doing, uh, was it 2016 or was it 2015? It might have been. Um, I typically like to a lot at the end put my clients on 100 megs of train a day, 700 megs a week, you know, when I want to get aggressive. And he talked me into trying it, but I don't like, I drink four shots of alcohol. I'm drunk. Like I, I, my body is not really good at fighting things off. So it's very, very sensitive to drugs. So I remember going into LA fitness and starting a lap pull down and I, I lost my breath warming up with a hundred. I'm like, wait a minute, this is weird. Like, give me a second. Came back in, same thing. Fucking frustrated after 15 minutes, go home. I'm like, I must be sick. Something's gotta be wrong. Come back and come back the next day. Same fucking thing. And I realized it was the trend yeah. and it took me like two to three weeks before I could catch my breath for a workout. Wow. Like, it, it, like it fucked me. But then you've got people, I've seen people run 150 a day and they're fucking walking around fine, right. you know? So people, side effects affect different people differently, you know? Yeah. Like I know people that have, like, listen, for example, let's, let's, let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade. Jay Cutler is, a, I'm going to do whatever the fuck it takes to win. I'm sure he blasted fucking PEDs through the roof. Looks pretty healthy to me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's people that there's people, kept his hair, good hairline. Yeah, I mean, there's like, people. There's know? people that are retired that probably didn't run half of what he ran. Yeah, yeah. Because their kidneys failed, they had liver problems. So health health genetics are a big part of this too, and people don't consider that. Well, I never you know? knew that about Jay Cutler, fellow. What you're saying, I always thought he was like a low dose health guy. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> look, look at look at look at look look at his mentality psychologically look at his mentality i've been told i have a friend who was at a pool party i'll tell you a funny story and jay cutler was there and you know he wanted a couple pills with something and my buddy was like oh wait for jay cutler yeah here take him take him here go that's mr olympia and he literally threw them all back like yeah. all of them my friend thought it was for the day <laughs> and this is something you cannot eat on can't this motherfucker proceeded to sit down every two hours and eat a pound of chicken breast. <laughs> uh, he's just a, you're not going to stop me. You're not beating me. Yeah. You're like, like, like if his fucking car broke down and there was no public transportation, the gym's a fucking hour walk. He's walking. Yeah. Wow. You're not stopping him. You're not beating him. So think about that mentality and he's going to apply it to everything. Yeah. yeah. I, 
I've heard that about him. So I'm, I guess my little last question would be any drugs on the horizon that any future bodybuilders should be on the lookout for in the whispering. Oh, the interesting. No, because I don't think the drugs do it. I think that the stimulus comes from, I think the stimulus comes from training. And if you can't train hard and efficiently, then it's not going to work. And I think if you can't eat efficiently and recover efficiently, it's not going to work. I think people look for drug, look to drugs for magic because they can't get the job done. I think that, I think a lot of people use it as a crutch. And if you're, if you really, really pay attention to certain I people, I agree with you. I agree. With oh you. yeah, no, I agree. Look at, look at, look at a lot of the top pros. They don't focus on drugs. Yeah. You know, because they're good at bodybuilding. Yeah. Now, who focuses on the drugs? Go on the forum. Everybody who focuses on the drugs is small, can't grow. Is uh, how do I increase my appetite? How do I get my meals in? You grab your fucking balls and you get your fucking meals in. That's <laughs> you know, and you know, it's it's the person that's looking for every super secret and every shortcut. And, Jason, you only beat me at that show because you have better trend than me. And right, and they're like, like what? You know, like it's it's bullshit. Yeah. Like it, people just, they rely too much on fucking drugs. And I think drugs are the last part of the equation. You know, I mean, GH aside, because GH is kind of like a game changer. It does something that nothing else can do. You can't, no amount of effort can do what GH can do. But as far as the PEDs, it doesn't really matter that much. You know, find an efficient dose that you stay healthy at, that you grow at. And that's enough. You know, I like yeah. it. Jason, how many times have you taken somebody's doses down and they grew? Oh, it happens all the time. Okay, and, and, and why was that? The because their, their blood body. work was shit, right? 100%. And the stress. And I, you know, the stress to the body, internal inflammation, all of I it. I always tell know. everybody this. Bodybuilders are the only stupid meatheads in the world. Like, you could give them an analogy. Like, if part of your engine was broke, would you race me for pink slips? No. Why? Because my car's not going to go as fast. But you think your body's going to work as well when it's compromised. Right. Like, yeah. that doesn't compute. <laughs> I agree with you, man. Dude, thank you so much for today's conversation. Oh, yeah. Like it was fast. Hey, it's my I, pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I know. I kind of roused you at the beginning when you hear it. You'll be like, I'm like, our guest way minutes late. Fuck it. We're just going to shoot this. <laughs> so, but you know, it, it honestly turned out to be a great podcast. I think it's knowledgeable and it's, yep. yeah. it's a lot of stuff that, you know, we get questions, the three of us all the yes. time about insulin doses and so forth. And I'm always like, well, uh, why the fuck do you want to use it? Well, cause, uh, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, I think it's retarded to use right now. I'd go folk, go buy a John Meadows workout and, you know, get a nutritionist and then go from there and then start. You know, you make DMS I get like, what should I take? And I like, oh, well, dude, yeah, hundred percent. How are you training? Yeah. <laughs> dude, I legitimately one day at the couple of years ago, I was at the KFC up the street cause my boys wanted it. And these two dudes walked up to me while I'm sitting there eating a meal. And my two sons are like, Hey man, we just got these bottles of uh, test and equipoise. How do we take them? I'm like, what the fuck? I'd I mean, be like, I don't know, bro. I, don't know. I told him, I was like, you take half the bottle with, every week. With a needle. I told him, take half the bottle every week. I'm like, if you can't grow on that, you won't grow. I mean, listen, I, 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 I put out one of my methods on insulin. On uh, I put it out there last year, and a lot of people tried to like really jump on that without getting everything else in order first. Everybody wants to do everything backwards. Everybody wants to do all the advanced stuff and the tricks before they get their base built, you know? So like what, the thing that I put out was, I think I mentioned it earlier on, on here about getting your blood glucose in range. So I don't do this often because I'm pretty good with diet. 
you know, I'm pretty good with matching the person up to the macronutrients and everything that needs to be and, and how they process certain foods and removing foods and playing with that a little bit. So I usually get everybody in range. However, uh, one of the things that I did with James Hollingshead last year, because everybody saw that, you know, we got him really, really big. And then we only dieted six weeks and placed third in Spain. You know, yeah, glutes, all, his glutes were in off season. It was like, how the fuck is he growing like that? And he's so lean. And my answer was his meals are not compounding. You know, you eat meal one, you, you wake up, you wake up, your blood sugar is at 80. You eat meal one, then 20 minutes before meal two, you're at 88. And then 20 minutes before meal three, you're at 95. Then 20 minutes before meal four, you're at 110. Then it just keeps compounding. So what I would do is I would have him check his blood glucose 45 minutes before each meal. And then accordingly, microdose so that he was back below 80 before each meal every meal was processed completely nothing compounded sensitivity stayed elevated so the when your sensitivity is staying that high our partitioning is phenomenal so yeah. everything went to the muscle everything and he stayed super lean and that was one of the methods that i applied now everybody started messaging me about that well how do i do this well how's your diet first like is that right <laughs> you know like everybody wants to do all the crazy shit before they get their base done. Yeah. If you can't train properly and you can't eat properly and you don't have that all mapped out properly, don't even think about everything else. I agree. I will say this though, man, that the best I've, I ever feel is when I microdose insulin. Like, you know, just enough. Like, I agree with everything yeah. you're saying. I told well, Jason the reason that is, is because you're not ago. letting your blood glucose get too out of wax. You, mm -hmm. have more stable blood, you have more stable blood levels, blood sugar levels. So you neurally feel better. Yep, yeah. 100%. You ever see those commercials, you know, uh, you, uh, you're not yourself uh, when you're hungry, eat a Snickers because yeah. blood sugar is too low. Yeah. It's like, well, you have blood sugar fluctuations, your head's all fucked up. That's why everybody feels great in ketosis, nice steady flow of energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Well, thanks, man. We'll have to have you on because I think we could, uh, again, because I think we could probably get into a whole topic about GH and IGF-1. They yeah, could I can, I can ramble dive. forever on these topics. Yeah, I know. I love them. So I think it'd be great. But uh, thank you so too. much. I'll tell you real quick. How can people follow you, um, get a hold of you, all that? You want to give right. out your socials and all that? Uh, well, my social media is just Phil underscore Viz. That's my Instagram. Um, I really don't reply to Facebook. Um, I don't like when people email me. I like to have direct conversations. Um, the application process is through DM on Instagram. Um, so that's pretty much it. If somebody wants to work with me, they can DM me there. They can follow my account. I post a lot of free information in my stories, probably as much as you know most other people. Um, so, you know, I just like to share, I like to help people out. Um, I like to point people in the right direction. So you can follow my Instagram. If you're interested in coaching, hit me up there. I do not screen genetics. I screen desire and dedication, you know? So again, I love athletes. I love military people because those people just fucking work. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a follow, man, because I'm looking forward to connecting yeah. with you. I will Absolutely. say people listening. I did work with Phil briefly for three months, I think. And I'll admit, I'm, I'm a guy that's 70%, you know, I'm not, you know, one of your hundred percent guys and I respect what you do and I respect what you look for. Um, but you know, if you are a serious bodybuilder and you want to make this like your thing, I think Phil is a good coach. Um, I'm, I'm, yep. oh, listen, let's be honest. I'm a little bit of an asshole. I'm not very nice. Like, that's a good quality to have, man. Like if you, if you, if you text me like, Oh, that set was tough. My, my reply is probably going to be pussy. No LOL, no smiley face. Just, you're a pussy. Like, <laughs> I remember like, getting some of those texts. I, 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 yeah, she was I, like, I, I got a million of those. What the fuck? Listen, we, listen if, I'm, if I'm telling you to put down 10 ounces of steak and you're struggling with it, I get it. If I tell you to eat two yogurts and like a half a cup of cream of rice or some shit and you can't get it down. <laughs> right. Quit. 
quit. Phil, I will send you the video that I have of Jeffrey Sue laying on the floor of my gym in Nashville, that was a good Tennessee set. last year. Me and Austin Stout made him go to the end of the set. Like we had, he couldn't even fucking eat for 45 minutes after the workout. Oh, he was, was, was more than he And the reason was more than he needed. after hard workouts is the nervous system switch that we talked oh, about before. Jacked. That yeah. was absolutely true that night. Yeah, yeah. but you know what? You, you now know a level to go to. But you went to a different level. That was I their did. point. Yeah. And you know, Phil, I have made progress since we no, like definitely. No, so, I've seen your progress pictures. You look great. Your back's coming up. <laughs> we just gotta get your hamstrings, man. This fucking. Hamstrings. You know what it is? A lot of times when you're coaching, it's hard. To, it's hard to go 100 percent of yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But slow and steady. You know, I'll get there. Well, listen. If I'm honest, I'm not 100 percent person either. I'm a 70. I'm a 70 percent person. I'm more focused on my clients than I am on my own bodybuilding. I like to do it. I'm 37 years old. I'm yeah, not we're about be, the same age. Yeah. I'm not going to be on the Olympia stage, you know? And I really honestly don't get much out of winning. I, I've won shows. I've won really big shows. And it was kind of like, oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I, I can say that. I understand that in terms of a whole bunch of other areas. But it wasn't what I expected. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll have this cut out for everyone tonight. Guys, in the meantime, check out Phil, follow him on Instagram. And then if you guys would love us even more, leave us a review. Yes. Shop at AminoAsylum.com. TEC15 gets you 15%. Those guys are badass. I'm doing that giveaway. I'm watching the reviews. I've got three I really like. I want one that announces like that I'm their crush and that they love me and that I'm the best looking of us three and have the best voice. And that will probably get you the victory right there. <laughs> um, but anyway, thanks again, Phil. You guys take care, and I'll see all right. you all later. You guys take care. Thanks, guys. Take care. Peace. Good night.